This is the I Read Comic Books podcast, and I'm your host for this week, Nick White. Joining me this week, uh, just one solitary individual, but uh, I have no doubt that she and I will uh, still manage to put together a large amount of banter. Uh, and now that I've convinced you of such, let me uh, present to you Tia Vasiliu. Hello. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. By the time you hear this, it will be 2017. Uh, so that's something to look forward to, I uh, I think. Uh, I don't know if, if 2016 has given me a large uh, scale of uh, optimism for the future, <laughs> but uh, um, I, I guess uh, you don't really know if you're at the bottom of the well until... I don't know. I don't know if we're at the bottom of the well yet, America. <laughs> I'm just going to speak to all of you now. Oh, um, I'm just going to... Some of you might be thinking things can't get worse. Um, things can always get worse. We don't know that. We don't know that. But there is one thing that can't get worse. Look at me. I'm going to segue the fuck out of this. Uh, <laughs> and that is comic books. Comic books can always get better. And it honestly feels like the last five to ten years, That's that's just been... That's been the truth. There's only been a couple hiccups here and there, but... Uh, Comic books are are getting better and improving, and uh, on that note, our topic for this mini-sode are variant covers, which, to be honest, you can look at variant covers and, and ask yourself, like, are comics getting better or are comics actually getting worse uh, based on how these things are handled? So, uh, yeah, variant covers. Let's, uh, let's just get into this now. Some of you might be thinking... What is a variant cover? Which which is good. I, I hope some of you are, because if all of you are very informed of what variant covers are, uh, this podcast might be rendered moot. So No, everyone wants to hear our hot take on variant covers. I, exactly. You know, Tia, Tia has a great point. I, I totally agree. Even if you know what they are, you, you want to know what we think. Uh, or I want you to know what I think and what Tia thinks as well. So... Um, so now that I'm, you know, knocking this out of the park left and right, just trying to make you proud, Mike Rappin. That's, that's all I can ask for. <laughs> um, Nick, tell us, what is a variant cover? So a variant cover really boils down to most comics. Um, we're talking floppy issues right now. Floppies, singles, whatever you want to call them, have a what's called a main cover. And it's the default cover that that book comes with. Sometimes it's called the cover A cover, sometimes it's called the regular cover, or REG cover, Uh, and the variant cover is simply another different looking cover um, that you can get for the book. It doesn't change the insides, it doesn't, the the content of any of the pages, it's all the same, except for the front cover, and occasionally if you have a cover that goes onto the back cover, then it extends to that as well. So, um... It's not exactly rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> no. Although I, I liked your suggestion that they could be called deviant covers. Yeah, yeah. You could call them uh, deviant covers because they deviate, but um, some of them definitely are um Depending deviant. on the artist, they are definitely deviant as well. Depending upon if you are into certain Avatar books, you are definitely oh, looking God. at what I would call uh, deviant covers. You Although, know what? to be honest, there are publishers that are worse than or, Avatar. Or like maybe a, a Frank Cho woman character cover. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I, would, I would put those in there too. Milo Minara deviant covers. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So... So variant covers have actually been around not for that long. Uh, the first variant cover 
uh, showed up, I want to say, in 19, 1986, and it was uh, for a Superman run called The Man of Steel, and they put out two covers for The Man of Steel number one, both drawn by the guy who also wrote it, John Byrne, uh, and both were published in equal quantities, um, and that was the first time that this ever really happened. People just had a choice, and that was and that was really it. Now, this did escalate over time, um, uh, and when X-Men number one rolled out uh, in 1991, um, which is also known as the best-selling comic book of all time, it sold roughly 8.1 million copies, that rolled out five different covers. <laughs> and... Uh, that obviously is what helped it sell so many copies. Because people would just go and buy five copies. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's because uh, four of them uh, combined together to make a singular image, which is the fifth cover, if you were smart or maybe rational. Um, the fifth cover had all of the other four images combined into a single cover. Um, but otherwise, you could just get like all four and they would f- form an image. I think they're called gatefolds, technically. yeah. And some people criticize this because they say that it artificially inflates the perception that we have of the um, the size or the breadth of the audience. So if a lot of people bought five copies, that is not as many... Uh, it's not as though each of these sales is an individual and... Um, right. It gives you sort of a false idea of how popular the comic is mm-hmm. or something like that. But on the other hand, like a sale is a sale, right? I don't know. No, I mean, you're right. Uh, each sale is not a unique consumer, you know, at that point. It's uh, it's people buying multiple covers, but you're right. It's still money. It's a quality and versus quantity. Like, are, if, are you a super fan to the point that you will buy five copies of a comic? I feel like that's right. not that's nothing to dismiss. Yeah, and it kind of goes into that whole idea that uh, if you're a true fan, you're getting all you're getting all five. If you're not a you're, fake X Men fan, right? Really buy one. Right, you're not half assing it. Only buying three <laughs> copies with the same content on the inside. You know, you're going the whole. You're going. You're you know going the whole distance. And if this sounds, we're totally like being sarcastic. By the way, I just don't yeah. want to get angry letters because right. that's like such a shitty attitude. Yeah, no, it, it is. <laughs> and if all of this sounds irrational, if all of this sounds excessive, just uh, wasteful, um, well, that's because it played a large part in the comic book collapse of the market in the 90s. People were just buying these variants and just going insane. Think of the trees. And you're right. It gave, it gave shops a false idea of how many people really wanted, you know, comics. And like, you know, speculators are never good for any market, like, because the rarity is such an interesting concept in Mm -hmm. in consumerism. I don't, you know, and the perception of rarity. I mean, at the end of the day, and I think this was proven in comics, it's not enough to sustain long term, you know? Mm hmm. Well, I've always told people, like, they ask about, oh, you know, do you collect comics? Like, what's, and I, the one question I always get, and then I'm just like, all right, bye, uh, peace out, is, uh, like, what's your most expensive comic? What's your most valuable comic? And, and then I tell people, like, you realize that if you want to talk about collecting things that in the future will be worth something, like, the things that are truly rare, the things that are truly going to be worth something, 
our, our throwaway culture. It's the things we're tossing in the trash these days. Like, those are the things that no one's going to have in 70 or 80 years. It's not 89 people go, 89,000 people going out and buying the death of Captain America number one, stowing it in their basement and thinking, this is going to be worth something someday because everyone has the same mindset about how rare this is going to be. You know? Yeah, I, I I always tell people because I people ask me this a lot too, and I'm just like, you know, collect things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. is what it boils down to. Because you're not going to like send your kid to college on your X Man collection. You're just not. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're not. And I know we we hammer this point a home, home a lot on the show. But for those of you who are new listeners, I don't know why. I'll just I'll say it again. If you are getting into comics because you think you are going to make a steal, I'm not even going to touch the moral side of that, not going to touch just like what enjoyment are you getting out of this, but from, you know, speaking to you on your level economically, it's not going to work, period. Yeah, and variant, you're not going to make a fortune off of variant covers. And um, it's it makes me so frustrated when I go into a comic shop and they've got like a wall of variant covers behind the register mm-hmm. with the price jacked way up, right? Um, because they're they're rare or they're like a retailer exclusive or something like that. And I just I don't know. It seems um, it seems like a false sense of value to me. Yeah. No. I and it's it's insane with so many variants that are literally rolling off, you know, they're rolling off the press, they're jumping right into a store, and honestly, that very day, they're getting artificially marked up. So just to back up a little bit, there's a lot of different kinds of variant covers, and yeah. one one kind is a retailer exclusive, where, like, you know, Newberry Comics will get one specific kind of variant cover that they only sell at Newberry Comics or something like that. And um, also... A lot of variant covers, and for a long time, I think this was one of the only ways that shops got variant covers. They were like retailer incentives. So Mm -hmm. if the shop ordered a certain number of the regular variant or the regular cover, they would get a certain number of variant covers. So if you bought 10 regular covers, you would get one variant cover. And that was another way that they had this like artificial sense of value. and. 10 to 1, as they call it, a 10 to 1 cover. I actually remember trying to buy a variant cover, trying to order a variant cover, pre-order from a shop, and I knew for a fact that it was not a a retailer incentive, that you did not have to order a minimum number of cover A to get this cover. I knew that for a fact. I had the diamond code like in Mm -hmm. to give them, and they were so baffled. They like literally had no idea what I was talking about. And, you know, so for a lot of like old school retailers, I think the, uh, this, this idea of variant covers being uh, a retailer incentive or, you know, something that isn't easily uh, acquired is just ingrained into it. Right. And I, I think that before that, we need to probably basic on a basic level touch on like, how do I find out what books have variant covers? How do I find out, how do I get a variant cover? Uh, and then from there, as, as you're getting at, what sort of things are required of me and what sort of things are required of my shop in order to get one? Right. So first things first, if you read only digital, uh, variant covers are sort of something that really doesn't pertain that much to you. As Tia told me before the show, if you read digital trades, 
or sometimes if you read um, digital floppies, um, they will include the variant covers at the back, I mean, sometimes at the front anyway, um, of, you know, s said book. But that's not always the case. But otherwise, variants are sort of like, <laughs> well, as Tia said, that's the cheapest way that you can probably enjoy a variant cover. So right. <laughs> uh, if you just want to look at the pretty pictures, they're probably there. But otherwise, variant covers don't really concern um, digital buyers. Um, if you are someone who buys physical copies, um, if you buy trades, they'll probably be in the back. If you buy singles, uh, trying to get variant covers off the rack uh, or the shelf uh, is going to be pretty difficult unless you go to a shop that has an amazingly high yield. It's just not going to work. On Wednesdays, uh, me and Mike go to Midtown Comics, and he has to take pictures of all the variant covers and text them to Nick. He does. He does. <laughs> Yo, man, what books you want this yep. week? Followed by me <laughs> sending a list. Followed by, uh, I need pictures. Followed by me sending pictures. Is this the one? Yeah, that's the one. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Uh, but Midtown Comics is massive. Exactly. Uh, but for most people, that is not going to be your experience. You're going to have to get your hands on a variant cover via having a pull. Uh, how do you get a poll? That's a whole other thing. We've talked about it before. Just go into your shop. Say you want to start a poll. I don't think anyone is going to do anything short of hop over the counter and make certain that you've signed up to get books. Actually, I've ha had the opposite experience, but that's, a whole, again, that's an, that's another <laughs> mini-sode. Some, some places, yeah, just do not, like, there are comic book shops out there. I won't deny it. They exist, and they They're are still averse. mean to girls. Oh, and, and even beyond that, I've dealt with ones that are just averse to being forced to actually have a human come in. Oh, true. And yeah. interact, period, it's true. with them. You'll find that with some of the hybrid shops. I won't go into it, but... A pull is basically just a subscription, but you but you have to go into the shop to pick it up. It doesn't get sent to your house. Exactly. Exactly. And so now you need to get your hands on what are called the solicits. Comic books generally two months in advance tell you what's going to come out. Now, you can either look online, and publishers will release their solicits via their own websites or via comic book websites, or you can be like me and be what's sort of seen as Luddite, but I will admit it makes things a lot easier, and get your hands on what's called the previews catalog, and that has everything. Oh my and that god, will you're list. so old school. Do you read it I by know. candlelight? Ugh, I, w I wish. Oh my god. <laughs> and I just go through, and it's like a ritual, really. I just grab a little 3 by 5 note card, and I just write down all the things, and then I write down all the covers I want. Um, That's adorable. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's old school and it's it's dorky, but my goodness, it works. And for someone who likes tangible stuff, mm -hmm. um, yeah, my my shop, as long as I buy one thing out of the out of the um the previews, they refund the cost of the previews. Oh, nice. And some shops will do this. Yeah, because PS, so. you have to buy previews. Yeah, it's like four three ninety five right now, I think. But you get this massive catalog. That will tell you, for all the different issues, what covers are available. You can also follow creators you like on social media, particularly if you want um, creator-owned book title variant covers. They're pretty good about um, spreading the word. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, because like, if, if, the, if the reason you want the variant cover is because it's done by one of your favorite artists, you know, it makes sense. Like, I love Kevin Wada. I follow Kevin Wada on social media. He posts that he's doing a variant cover for some book that, you know, I might not otherwise buy, but it has a Kevin Wada variant cover. So now I know that I'm going to look for that. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty much the same way with like 
Tula Lote or if Jeff oh, Lemire yes. does a cover for his own yeah. books. There are people you look for. Stephanie Hans. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, so you've got that and you can figure that out and it'll sometimes you have to learn certain codes. REG is like regular cover. Um, some publishers um, would use what I call the alphabet covers, like cover A, cover B, cover C. And those covers you can make a request for, for the most part, and your shop should be able to deliver that cover without a problem. If it says RI for retailer incentive, or sometimes variant cover is another code for retailer incentive. Um, the bottom line is <laughs> there's no consistent uh, code across all publishers. If you see something and a variant looks interesting, go in, talk to your shop, ask them if they're going to have to do anything extra to get it. Ask them if you're going to have to contribute on your end to get it. Most shops will help you out with this. If they won't help you out with this, you need to be going somewhere else. Definitely. I, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not going to mince words on this. It's They should be willing to help you. Now, I mean, as, there is as, a valid yeah. criticism of this, which is that it's cannibalizing the comics market in a way because say I am a person who buys comics and I have a budget, I can spend $40 a month on comics. If I'm like buying the same comic in triplicate so that I can get all the variant covers, that's two other titles that I'm not supporting because, right. you know, I'm buying the same one three times. And I don't know. I I buy well, variant I mean, if covers. If you really want to throw support, if you yeah. really want to throw support behind something, it's a perfect way to do that. You're saying it doesn't really like diversify. Yeah, <laughs> diversify. You know um, who you're supporting, and th- yeah. If you an have a limited budget, too. variant covers can be a problem. If you're like a, uh, if you're trying to be a conscientious. Mm-hmm. consumer or if you're just trying to experience a lot of books I yeah mean, literally yeah. buying the same 30 pages three times over if you're trying to learn about comics and enjoy comics and try different things yeah it's uh you know it's it's a problem i mean if they made them less pretty this would be so much easier it's but they true. don't and so it's a problem uh so yeah look it up ask them about it um as i said earlier just please be aware that sometimes your shop will have to do weird, weird things to get the cover. I know, geez, it's not—it's nothing sexual, okay? Don't be weird about it. <laughs> and <laughs> it's sometimes not, it's they... not like the mood lighting comes on in the shop, and you know the Barry White music kicks in. Uh, Stay far away from any shop where that happens. <laughs> oh well, I guess I can't go to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, but you that know what? Being said, sometimes the sometimes the shop people don't even know and don't believe you when you tell them. So mm-hmm. you just have to be a really informed and really motivated uh, consumer if this is something that is very important to you. Because I really discourage people from buying stuff on eBay and mm-hmm. uh, and from resellers like that. Just because you need to understand that if you're buying something that they bought for $5 and you're buying it for $40. The creators don't see any of that. That's their profit, this like person who you're buying it from. And there's also something to be said for there's a large amount of forgeries. Yeah, and, is there? And um, I think recently there's been like, I mean, I see it on Bleeding Cool all the time where someone posts and says like, it's like, you know, scam of the week. It's sort of that thing where they're talking about. 
Um, I don't think it's rampant, but I do think it happens, and I do think that if it's something you are genuinely worried about, like, is this really Scott Snyder's signature? Oh, for um, si- oh, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. I guess I, you know, I thought about eBay and yeah. Oh yeah, science stuff. You know, like science stuff. There have been occasions when um, there's like a a convention exclusive variant cover that I really wanted, but I'm not Mm -hmm. going to that convention. If you hop on social media, sometimes you can like hook up with a really nice person in that comic books fandom who will get it for you, and you just like send them a few bucks for shipping, and they'll send it to you. And you know, like people are nice. Sometimes publishers will sell their excess oh, yeah. from cons as well. Yeah, sometimes hmm. on websites. But uh, so, yeah, just be aware that your shop, um, as Tia said earlier, sometimes it's like they have to order 10 of the main book to get your variant. And yeah, sometimes they will bump up the price in that sense just a little bit, especially if they, and they should ask you, they might say, I need to order a few extra copies to put on the shelf to get you this book. They'll say, and they'll tell you, I don't think I'll be able to sell them all. So can you eat a little bit of the cost, you know? And there's no harm in that as long as they're being transparent with you. Sometimes it gets weird. Sometimes the shop will have to order, like, 30 issues of a book that came out the month before. I mean, let me yeah, give you a scenario. Say ridiculous. you want, like, Gamora number one, and you want a weird variant. And this this is just, this might not be true, but... This specific scenario might not be true, but you want Gamora number one, they might tell you... Look, I had ordered. I have to order thirty copies of um, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl next month to get one of those. Like, are you okay with eating a, a good cost on this? Because that's how it's going to work. A lot of publishers structure things where they need retailers to sell more of less popular books to get you the variant of the more popular book. Like I said, it gets kind of complicated. There's a lot of weird Talk politics. To your shop. Exactly. If they don't know, always have a friend in comics who knows more than you. Um, um, that's always a good idea. Talk to them <laughs> or go to another shop, uh, to be honest. but On the flip side of things, variant covers can be a really neat opportunity to let lesser known artists kind of hitch their wagon to a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. I've discovered a lot of artists who I have like started to follow and and kind of um you know buy their other work because I discovered them through a variant cover of a book that I really like and exactly. um you know it also gives artists an opportunity to maybe do something a little weird or kind of different in the variant cover, um, I'm thinking of uh, who's that? Ali Moss, that really great like 3D sculpture of Lucifer for the Wicked and the Divine. You know, that oh, was wow. like just such a weird, cool thing. Yeah, did you? Yeah, did you see that? Um, I don't. I don't think I've seen that one. I know who I, I know Ali Moss, but I don't. I don't think I've. Yeah, he, I have to talk to Jordan. He reads Lucifer, so no, no. This um, was for the Wicked and the Divine. It was the character Lucifer. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, that Lucifer. That oh, Lucifer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, you know, but like, or maybe you see like a, a a variant cover by your favorite artist, but it's a book you'd mm-hmm. never read, so you pick it up. Maybe this becomes an, a book that you read every month now. I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, good things about variant covers that I think um, kind of offset some of these other problems, like political <laughs> problems. Some of them, yeah, you know, yeah, some of them. Uh, but you're not wrong. I think I think cover art is sort of the new way for new artists to, to sort of break in these days. And so it is. It is a fantastic way to find new artists and then sort of keep them in the back of your head for if they get put on an ongoing. I remember when 
Raul Allen uh, for Valiant was doing a bunch of their covers for Dead Drop and was doing a bunch of their covers for um, Imperium and books like that. And I was like, who is this guy? And I was like, this is unbelievable work. And then they put him as the ongoing artist on Wrath of the Eternal Warrior. And I was like, I don't even need to think twice. Like, I'm going to buy this book. And we on the subject of Valiant and Variant covers, we have to talk yeah. about the cat. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm currently have I think five of them. But so uh, there's this cat who is like kind of cosplay famous and um Valiant hooked up with with the cats. I think it's two cats actually. Um yeah, Valiant It must at least be two because yeah. they have got the one for Archer and Armstrong with two cats. Yeah. So it's at least two. Yeah. Um uh, you know, so they arranged with the the cat's human subjugate to have them do a series <laughs> of Valiant uh character cosplay covers and like these cats wear wigs and everything. It's incredible. And I think they donate the proceeds to an animal shelter. Yeah, it's. I think it's one in um in New York, yeah. obviously, which is where Valiant is based, and and that's that's one of the interesting things about variants is that sometimes, or at least I feel like a lot of the variants these days, DC especially. I don't know if anyone follows DC Rebirth, but for the most part, every month, most of their books, at least their, yeah, I think most of their books roll roll out two covers. They ship in equal equal quantities. If you want one or the other, you don't have to pay any extra. If you are, um, you might want to look into that. And they're not really different themes for the most part. It's just two different takes on something. Um, and it's not really oriented around a theme like the cat thing is where uh, all of Valiant's books this month have that cat <laughs> variant. If you want it, you can get the cat variant. Um, but otherwise, a lot of the time, the variant cover is just a different just a different take by a different artist, not really oriented around one thing um, or another, so to speak. Um, but uh, it's it's still a really interesting way to, uh, especially like sometimes if you actually don't like who the main cover artist is, it's a great way to just find a nice workaround. Um, or if you're OCD like me, sometimes the cover artist is not the interior artist and you actually want the interior artist, so you actually have to go hunt down the variant to get you know the same thing on the inside and the out if this is sound progressively neurotic there is nothing more heartbreaking no when you're like oh this looks so beautiful because the cover is great and then you open the book and you're like what the shit is this the bait and switch (laughs) yeah i mean that is a very 90s move but it still happens (laughs) oh it Um, is the worst and it's not sometimes it isn't even that the interior art is bad it's just not what you were expecting and so you're just disappointed yeah yeah um but but other times variants do tend to follow a theme um uh, so right now some of dc's do uh the batman variant right now is always tim sale who did long halloween um uh i really the love green arrow variant oh go ahead oh um i was gonna say marvel does like the hip-hop variant covers which are always really yep. cool yep the hip-hop variants uh dc uh pre-rebirth was actually doing sort of theme months where things got really fun sometimes and things got really weird sometimes like one month darwin cook drew a variant rest in peace darwin uh talk about 2016 uh, tragedies uh darwin drew a variant for every single book and it was unbelievable i think he even won the eisner for best uh um, I think best cover artist for that. Um, but they did other weird things too. Uh, they had one month where there were Looney Tunes themed variants because WB owns Looney Tunes and, and, and DC and all of that. 
There was a month where it was Mad Magazine variants. There was a month where it was the Batman 75th anniversary, and I have I have a cover of Batman, no breathing apparatus in space next to Jon Stewart uh, when he was on the front <laughs> of Green Lantern. And I was like, this is so insane and gratuitous and hilarious that, like, how am I going to pass this up? Um, so sometimes variant covers are, are awesome and fun, and you buy them and they're the exact same interiors as the regular cover what Mm -hmm. what do you think of like instead of variant covers they sold certain books with a print and so like it's the regular book and it's the regular cover maybe it costs like a few bucks more and you get a print of the variant what would have been the variant cover Oh, you're saying it's like included, like in the back? Yeah, or like yeah. That? Oh, so it's kind of like a trade in that regard, except it's like a real, like a real like variant a, cover page, like a yeah, yeah, that you can like take out and you know hang on your wall or something. Because really, hmm. I feel like when we're talking about variant covers, like we're talking about pinups. We're you know what I mean? Yes. Like we're yeah. talking oh, yeah. about prints, and yeah. so. Why? So the problem, Tia, is that you've created a collector's item now. Oh. Now you're going to have the people that choose to tear it out and the people that are like, uh, if you're a true collector, you don't rip it out. <laughs> no, 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 not attached, in, not attached so. in the book, just separate, okay. like like a separate okay. thing like that <laughs> okay. you can, that you can sure. put up. I don't, that makes way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like we haven't even got into sketch variant covers. Yeah, I mean, l- l- we'll just, we'll just, you know... Um, really quickly run into this variants are all sorts of things honestly sometimes they're sketches sometimes um they'll just desaturate it and it won't have the color if you're looking for something like that um other times as as tia said some covers variants you can only get at conventions some covers you can only get at certain stores um i know that sometimes certain publishers will do something insane where they'll make a cover and somewhere on the cover is like a comic book store and then if your store sells 18 quintillion copies they'll put out a print with like your store as the store in the picture and it's like or like um, that's where it gets insane (laughs) we were talking before the show i think it was like last summer fraction and zadarsky did um sketches that it was like one in a billion i don't know how many um sex criminals copies and they were all bagged so you couldn't see what you were getting so you might get one of their weird sketches mm-hmm. yeah no it's uh yeah the uh, variant covers get absolutely insane and and the bottom line is it is the sort of thing that if you're interested um it really benefits one to be well informed and to look into things and, and sort it out um and even if you're the sort of person that says look uh i have a poll i really don't care about variant covers You probably should just because, and I've had this happen once or twice, um, it would benefit you even if you have a pull and you just want regular covers to just tell your shop every month, I just want the regular covers. Yeah. Be specific with your shop because even if you want nothing to do with variant covers, it would benefit you to go out of your way to tell your shop you want nothing to do with variant covers. I've got into honestly. a shop before looking for a specific variant cover and they basically told me we only got like X number of copies and so our people who are set up with a pull for that title got priority so they're gone already right yeah yeah and so if you're one of the people who doesn't care about them yeah just let them know basically i think that what it boils down to with variant covers is they're fun and they're cool and they're 
um, a way to kind of discover new artists and just like have fun other ways that you can interact with your favorite characters and stories, but support the artists you love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you just kind of need to know the like the weird twisted politics of how they work so that you can deal with them in a relatively like conscientious way. And also with a full understanding that their value is purely sentimental and not really financial. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Expect that none of it will be worth anything ever. There's a dismal but (laughs) absolutely accurate um, outlook on all of it. And also don't be a dick and resell a a rare variant cover for like a million dollars because you didn't, like, why should you profit off of that thing that you didn't make? Right. You know, uh, you do that and you will end up being persona non grata at certain shops. Um, I know my shop, uh, the day that they killed um, Donatello in TMNT, uh, his phone was Spoilers, Nick. Yeah, well, it was like a year and a half ago. I think I'm okay. (laughs) And I I think he's okay, too. So, um, but he was, his phone was just ringing off the hook of people that never went to this shop, weren't customers, weren't even from the local area, weren't even known to be, like, big comic book fans, and they just wanted to get their hands on the cover. So don't be one of those guys. Don't be. Because some of us want that shit. Yes. And we'll find love, out where you live. Love comics with integrity. <laughs> the, yes. end. the end. <laughs> Thank you, Tia. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the I Read Comic Books podcast. This episode was produced by me, Mike Rappin, with editing by Xander Riggs. The music in this episode is brought to you by the ever-fantastic Infinity Shred. You can find Infinity Shred at infinityshred.com, as well as on Bandcamp at infinityshred.bandcamp.com. If you enjoy this show, tell someone about it. Rate us online. Write to us. Each person you tell about the show and each rating you give us lends a little more exposure to the show and helps us grow. It's also a great way for us to get feedback about the program we create each week for you. Or if you're just looking to say hi, you can email us at ircb at destroythesibe.org. And if you want to talk comics with us, find the I Read Comic Books group on Goodreads. We have a monthly book club that we feature here on the show, and we have regular threads about what comics we've been reading. If you want your thoughts on the book we're reading to be read on the show, make sure you join our group and comment. You can ask us questions and comment on each episode at our subreddit, ireadcomicbooks.reddit.com. The entire podcast team is on Twitter, and you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast. But a great way to experience the podcast, including our back-issue bin of episodes and our weekly pull list posting, is to visit us at our website, ircb.us. Until next time, from all of us here at the podcast, thank you for listening. <laughs>